0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, our Lord asks us a very important question today. What do you seek? What are you looking for? What do you want? What does your heart desire? What are you running around for? Why are you working so hard? Why are you studying so much? Why are you? doing the things that you are doing, where is your life going, where do you desire it to end? How do you want it to go? It's good to take time every day and to think about this question, what do you seek? It's good to spend a few minutes a day in silence between you and God alone to ask this question, to ask God, to reveal to you what's in your heart so that you know. What do you seek? If you answer that question too quickly, you might say, and hopefully, something like I want to go to heaven. I want to become holy. I want to follow in the path of Jesus Christ. And if you say that, good for you. But if you answer it too quickly, without thinking about what exactly that means, it might just be too quickly. Because if the response to that, if God's response to that, oh, you wanna go to heaven? You want to follow in the path of Jesus Christ? Great. God is going to put you on that path and you might find yourself not liking it too much, as many do. You see, Jesus makes himself open to us. Jesus desires us to, to come after him, to find him, and to be with him forever, but there's a specific path. And when God puts us on that path, when we express our, the desires of our heart to him, when he puts us on that path, that's when we start kicking and screaming. That's when we start grumbling. That's when we start getting emotionally distressed, maybe becoming anxious, maybe getting really angry and bitter, maybe we become bitter at God, maybe we start turning our mind to judging other people and starting to make them the object of our ire. When God puts us on the path to heaven, when God puts us on the path of Jesus Christ, We don't always like it. And you know what? There's good reason that we wouldn't like it. Jesus in the Gospel reading today is called by John the Baptist, the Lamb of God. John sees Jesus walking by and he tells his own disciples, behold, this is the Lamb of God. And then the next day, the same thing. Look, there's the Lamb of God, just so you know. And the second time he hears that, the second time they hear that, the disciples leave John and they go and they start to follow Jesus. Why is that? Well, because they know what John the Baptist is saying. What does it mean that Jesus is the Lamb of God? This is an Old Testament theme. First of all, the Messiah is the Lamb of God. That's clear from the prophet Isaiah. The Messiah is the one that's to suffer on behalf of his people. Take upon himself the sins and the punishment due to those sins and he will be silent as a lamb. This is a quote from Isaiah about the coming Messiah. But besides the prophecies, it's all over the place in Israel's rituals. It's all in Israel's liturgy. Lambs were sacrificed in the temple, and they were sacrificed for many reasons. Among them, most importantly, freedom from slavery, this is the reason why Moses, this is the way Moses got the Egyptians out of, I'm sorry, the way Moses got the Israelites out of Egypt, by slaughtering a bunch of lambs, spilling their blood, and then eating those lambs. But then also, lambs were sacrificed on behalf of Israel's sins. They would, as a way of expressing to God the sorrow for their own sins, they recognized that they were sinners, they recognized that they were corrupt, that they were fallen, that they've offended God, and that they need to be redeemed for their sins. Their guilt must be paid for. Well, how do you pay for your guilt? Well, the Israelites, the way they thought about this was, let's take the most innocent thing, the purest thing, and, off, and, and kill that and offer that to God. It's the best that we've got. And so they take a lamb, innocent and pure, silent, and they sacrifice it, spill its blood, and that is supposed to take the place of Israel's punishment. So it becomes like the scapegoat for Israel's sins. That's great. There's all kinds of beautiful imagery that comes with that, that Israel desires in the Old Testament, desires to make do for their sins, that they recognize that they've offended God and that they want to remit their guilt somehow. That's beautiful that a nation understands that they have committed injustice in the world and against the the creator of the world and that they want to somehow make up for it. Great. However, obviously the blood of goats and rams and lambs the sacrifices of animals is not going to make up for sin. It's not going to satisfy the guilt that we have wrought upon this world. And so the Old Testament rituals, the Old Testament system of worship are good symbols, but they point to a better reality that's to come. And that's why Isaiah and other prophets say No, the real lamb is going to come, the real innocent one, the really pure one, and he is going to be sacrificed, and his sacrifice is going to remit our guilt. His sacrifice is going to redeem our sins, and he's going to be a lamb. So when John the Baptist tells his disciples, look, this is the lamb of God walking by, they understand exactly what that means, so they go after Jesus. Now, something about the lamb in the Old Testament. Every Passover, and you've heard of Passover before, every Passover was celebrated. It was celebrated once a year. And during that Passover, they would slaughter the lamb, kill it, they would spill its blood, and then they would have to eat the lamb. That's part of the worship ritual, is that they'd have to eat the lamb. Well, when Jesus... Celebrates the Passover with his disciples This is at the Last Supper the night before he's dying the night that he's betrayed Jesus celebrates the Passover and Instead of giving the body of the lamb There's no lamb at the Pass at the Last Supper of Jesus Instead of giving the body of the lamb he takes bread and he says this is my body take and eat and instead of spilling the lamb's blood He says, this, he takes wine and he says, this is the chalice of my blood. Take it and drink of it, all of you. Now do this in memory of me. Jesus is the new lamb who was killed, whose blood was spilled, and whom we must eat as well. And that's why we receive the qurbana. But there's something about that qurbana, it does not—you know, when we eat food, that food is absorbed into our bodies, and it becomes a part of our bodies. But this food, the food of life, what uh, Thomas Aquinas calls panis angelorum, the bread of angels this food is stronger than us it's not absorbed into our bodies we are absorbed into it it's not that jesus's body is absorbed into our bodies we are absorbed into his body and we become members of his body why is that so that we can continue his life on earth the whole point of the christian life is that we become not just vaguely followers of Jesus, not that we just listen to Jesus as this wise teacher. Jesus, like Gandhi, like Aristotle, like Plato, like so many, Copernic, so many people that came before, like a o- good old moral teacher or a rabbi or something like that, we, we're not, we don't follow Jesus because he's smart. We follow Jesus because he saved the world. We follow Jesus because he's God, who has become flesh. We follow Jesus because he's invited us into his life. When we receive the Qurbana, we receive the Lamb of God. And we are absorbed into his body. We, are, we become members of his body so that we can become like him. And that's the whole point of the spiritual life. So that we can become like him. So that what Jesus started, we can continue. And so, When our Lord asks us the question, what do you seek? If we answer the question with, I seek the kingdom of God, I seek the path of Jesus Christ, great. That is a basic Christian answer, wonderful. However, it requires a lot more than we give respect to, I think. If we are to become like Christ, then we must become lambs also. Jesus is the Lamb of God, Jesus was sacrificed on our behalf innocently. But Jesus' sacrifice is not a one and done. It's not as if Jesus died 2,000 years ago and that's wonderful because we're all saved now because of it. No, it's more of an invitation. Our Lord's sacrifice on the cross, his innocent death, which saved the world, is an invitation for us to partake in that salvation. And we must, in order for us to be saved, in order for us to possess what we're seeking, the kingdom of God, we must participate. So when our Lord asks us, what do you seek? And we say the kingdom of heaven. Great. Here are plenty God is going to respond. Here are plenty of reasons that you're going to become a lamb. This is the way. And what do those plenty of reasons look like? I don't know, many things. Probably probably your spouse screaming at you. Probably your children, unfortunately, going through all kinds of hardships, I don't know what. Probably members of your family gossiping about you and destroying your reputation falsely. Probably your job firing you for no good reason. I have no idea. There are a million things that God will give us in order to transform us into the innocent and pure lamb that Jesus Christ is, and then bear the sins of others out of love for them. But that is the path to salvation. When Jesus says, what do you seek? And we answer, I seek your glory. Here is the way to my glory, then there's no other way. The cross of Jesus is not a one and done, it's an invitation and we must be there with him. And so, brothers and sisters, let us start to see things that way now. When somebody's really, you know, all of us go through these problems where people treat us badly, where people are unfair to us, where where the world is unfair to us. And what do we do so often? We fight back against it. And we try to right every single wrong. And we try to vindicate ourselves. And we go out of our way to defend ourselves against the injustice of people or the world or whatever it is. But that's that's a guaranteed loss. It is a loss every time. And I don't, I'm not a proponent of always sit back and just take it, just eat it, just deal with it, just man up and figure it out. I'm saying take the path of Christ. Jesus took it, not in this bitter spirit of, okay, I just have to do this and so I'm gonna do it. No, that wasn't Jesus' attitude at all. Jesus' attitude was, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He died out of love for the people that were killing him. It's not that he was just taking it because he had to. He was taking it because he loved those people that he was taking it for. And that's how we become Christian, where we love the people that harm us. This is why Jesus says, if you love those who love you, what good is that to you? Pagans do the same. If you do good to those who do good to you, what good is that to you? Pagans do the same. You love your enemies. You do good to those who harm you. You bless those who curse you. That's how you become the light of the world and the salt of the earth. That's how you become a Christian, properly speaking. The first example of this is Saint Stephen, whom this coming Friday is the memorial day of." Saint Stephen, the first martyr after Christ, who was being stoned by the Judeans at the time. He was being stoned because he preached of the resurrection of Jesus that he's the Messiah. And they're stoning him and he sees up in heaven, the Son of God, Jesus, seated on his throne. And he says, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. Doesn't that sound like our Lord? Of course, because Stephen is the first one that imitates Jesus perfectly. I'll end my homily with this, martyrdom, dying for the Lord Jesus Christ, is the perfection of the Christian life. Not all of us are going to die for Christ, at least not in the flesh. Probably none of us are going to do that. But all of us can die that interior death of self for the love of God, and that is called a white martyrdom. All of us can offer our obedience to God. All of us can become lambs of God. All of us can love to the point where love conquers justice, where we know that the world is unfair, we know that we're being treated unjustly, and yet our love conquers the bitterness that would come from that. That is a white martyrdom. That is becoming like Christ, and that is the great sanctity that God wants to give for us, amen.